Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. So a man goes to see his doctor with a swollen foot. You all get the picture? After careful examination, the doctor gives the man an enormous pill big enough to choke a horse. Amy, you're going to appreciate this, okay? He says to his patient, I'll be right back with some water. The doctor leaves and time begins to pass. So much so that this man loses his patience, okay? You get in the picture? So he hobbles out to a drinking fountain, forces the pill down his throat, and drinks a ton of water, making sure the pill clears his throat. He then hobbles back into the examination room. It's then that the doctor returns with a bucket of warm water. And he says, okay, sir, after the tablet dissolves in the water, soak your foot for about 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bad. Really bad. (laughs) But with that being said, can I just state a reality? Are you ready for this? We're not patient. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that just true? We're not paid. We don't like to wait for anything. Isn't that just a fact? We microwave everything. Our popcorn, our coffee, our time, relationships. Oh. It's true, isn't it? (laughs) That's That's a stab right there. If nothing goes, if nothing grows, if nothing shows up fast enough, we just don't want to have any, anything to do with it. True. Do that. Welcome to Closer, <laughs> our topsy-turvy series in a microwaved world. <laughs> so, you know, last weekend I talked about the fact that wouldn't it be cool if we could have a relationship with God like we're having right now, mm-hmm. where we could truly see him and talk with him, hear his voice, And not only feel his breath, but smell it. I mean, can you imagine that relationship? Do you know the Bible says we can? We can have it. But as I talked last weekend, we're going to have to find that wilderness, that aramis, that that place that, that we're so alone with God that we've removed all the distractions. Well, guess what? What we're going to talk about now is not a word that we don't like because it's a word that just doesn't exist. We're going to talk about the need of patience. What it means to really slow down in a microwaved world. I'm telling you, I think that we can really have it, but we've got to understand it. Would you agree with that? Patience. Patience. Now, listen to this very carefully because it's important you get this. You see, we tend to look at the fruit of the Spirit that Paul wrote uh, to the church of Galatia. And we tend to look at it like, like God's this tree and there's this fruit out here, okay, that you grab hold of as if somehow patience, if you will, uh, is the antidote that God gave us to our frustrations. Thus, we pray, God, give me patience. And I think God would say, I already have. Because see, patience um, is not what grows out on the tree that we can take hold of. 
Patience is the very essence of who God is. That fruit isn't something that we just take hold of. That fruit is within us when we have God and the Holy Spirit in us. Does that make sense? It's, it's not the antidote. It's the antithesis. In other words, when you get God's pace, when we really understand patience, what it means to be slow, that we walk through life with God's stride, that we really walk in life in God's footprints, at God's pace. Are you ready for this? It's not that frustration will be removed. It won't even exist. Folks, Jesus was never frustrated. It just never happened. And I, I think it's so important we understand what it means, if you will, to have patience, to live patient, if you will, to walk slow. I can tell you this. Here, here's what I've learned. All the times I've been frustrated, those frustrations were actually not at someone else's pace. It really wasn't a reaction, you know, that my kids were being slow getting ready for church, so to speak. And I'm frustrated. Okay, my frustration is not because they were being slow. My frustration is a revelation that I'm being too fast. Michael Zagarelli, he talks about a cycle that we've gotten ourselves into. And, and, and I want to unpack this with you and, and, and just jump in at any moment. He says, it begins the cycle when Christians start ascribing to a culture of busyness. Uh, they get into a hurry. They get overloaded. They start their lives living like the world. Even though they've accepted Christ, they still see themselves were living in the world and they let the world, if you will, start determining how they're supposed to live. That's where it begins. Then he says, it then leads to where their relationship with God becomes marginalized. In other words, a devotion here, a devotion there. As if in, instead of God being the pie, God becomes a piece of their pie. And they try to fit it in. So, so here's the Christian in the beginning of the cycle. If you can just see how it's played out. They start thinking that because we're in the world, we need to live like the world. And when they do that, their relationship with God, if you will, uh, just sort of kind of becomes a side thing, you know, a piece of what they do. Well, then that leads to a deteriorating relationship with God because now they're not living the life that God wants them to live, which now leads a Christian to becoming even more vulnerable to adopting the assumption, this is how we have to live, which then leads to more conformity of the culture of busyness and the cycle continues and it's out of control. Can you relate to that just a little bit? Wow, I can relate to that. I, I, I was thinking that you know, all, all winter long, I, I, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for warm weather because I'm waiting to bust out my grill and, and I wanna get that out. And then when the warm weather comes like it did a week and a half ago, I got some warm weather, I turned the grill on and now I'm in a hurry for that thing to warm up. And I check it five times. Is it warmed up yet? Is it warmed up? Is it warmed yet? What is it? It's impatience, and I'm impatient for that. And so it's finally warmed up, and you think I'm satisfied now. Now I put something on the grill. Now I want it to cook. Get cooking. Get cooking. And I keep checking it. 
Is it done yet? Is it done? I even have that probe. You go out there with that probe and stick it in there. And then I'm impatient because the probe isn't going up fast enough. The temperature's not going up. And I'm impatient there. And finally, they kind of get to the point to where it's done. And you bring the plates in, and in 30 seconds, you're done eating, and it's all over. <laughs> Didn't even savor it. Didn't even savor it. Didn't even savor it a moment. Yeah. I, I think it's so easy to get caught in the cycle, isn't it? I just think it, it can happen, and we don't even realize it, and we justify it, don't we? This is just the way it is, and yet God's going, no. It's the way you've made it to be. I think, I think that we justify it because it's been perpetuated. So it's happened, it's a vicious cycle that's happened for so long. So if you see it in your, your parents, and um, that's, you just assume that that is the way that's the speed of life. And so I think that that's why it's the biggest, um, it's one of the biggest um, uh, myths, I guess I would say, in, in this world is because people have done it so much that it's become accepted. You know, Corey Tim Boom says it this way, if the devil can't make you sin, he most certainly will make you busy. And let me add to that. See, I think busy is the greatest of sin. Because if you really think about it, pretty much all our sin came out of that. Being in a hurry. Being impatient. Wanting it now. And it gets us in trouble. When you really pull the layers back, isn't that really what's going on? Instead of working at the marriage, working through the struggle, it's just easier to quickly look elsewhere. <laughs> Wanting to fit in, you don't even contemplate the decision you're making. And one drink turns into two drinks and three drinks. It's just, it all comes out of that mindset of this cycle that, that we buy into. Yeah, I will tell you this, my worst fatherly and husbandry moments <laughs> always came at the hand of being in a hurry or too busy. I missed it. It's crazy how that just takes over. I think we're like Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? And I was running. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like somehow we've adopted this speed and we're so proud of it. It's like the new symbol of status. Like, look at me. I'm busy. I can juggle 10 balls. They call, I think they call those clowns <laughs> and, and they're in a circus, you know? I mean, but that's what we're doing. Life's become a circus. And somehow it's impressive that we can juggle all these balls. But boy, when one drops, don't they all just kind of go by the wayside real quickly? But, but do you remember the movie Forrest Gump? You remember that, that he, he's running now. And he's running from coast to coast. And, and remember, now people are starting to follow him. That cycle. They, they think it's profound. So he's out running and they're running after him. But here, here's the most amazing picture of our world. They have no clue why. Remember that picture when Forrest decides it's time to stop? And he turns around and they're like in awe. Oh, he's going to say something. <laughs> And, and he walks through them. Remember what he says? 
I think I'll go home now. You know, I mean, (laughs) can I say, I I pray that my prayer in this, this message today is that we'll all go home now. We'll just stop. It's time to go home. Don't you agree? I want you to listen to the words of Koyama. He has a book entitled, I love the title of the book, Three Mile an Hour God. Three Mile an Hour. I I love that. The moment I read this book and I saw this quote, um, I got to tell you, I thought back to my mom and dad. Uh, They lived down in Florida in a retirement village. And when you're driving through, the speed limit is six. (laughs) I just love it. Uh, I'm not sure that's because there's old people crossing or there's old people driving, okay? Um, but, but I just, I absolutely love that. Three mile an hour God. Look at this quote. The love of God has its speed. Notice that the love of God has its speed. It is an inner speed. Maybe that's the issue. Because most of our lives are not lived from the inside. They're lived because of the outside. It's an inner speed. It's a spiritual speed. It's a different kind of speed that is so different from all the technological speeds of which we have grown accustomed to. God's speed is slow, but yet his slow is still Lord over all other speeds since it's the speed of love. Don't you love that? You know, when you go to Paul's letter to the church of Corinth and that very famed passage out of 1 Corinthians 13, it begins by saying, if you have this, but not love, if you have this, but not love. But the moment he describes love, what God's love looks like, the first characteristic is patience. Love is patient. It's slow. God's love is slow. I will tell you this, you want to write something down? Love and hurry are incompatible. And do you know why that's true? Every time you're in a hurry and every time you're busy, do you know what the message is? I don't have time for you. And love takes time. It takes time. I'll say this, you can never live an emotional, healthy, or a spiritually rich life being in a hurry. I believe it's absolutely impossible. I'll say it again. You can never live an emotional, healthy, or spiritually rich life being in a hurry. You know, Dallas Willard says, hurry is the greatest enemy of our spiritual life today. Would you agree with that? It doesn't allow for you to have that communication that our spirit, our soul should desire to have with the Lord. Just. It's just not there. Mm-hmm. And hurry is all about me. You know, so if I'm in a hurry, get out of my way. You know, get out of my way. And I'm, really, I'm saying get out, get out of my way, God. Yeah. You know, too. Something that uh, the Holy Spirit's kind of convicted me on in the last year is instead of, like, getting up first thing in the morning and, like, looking at my phone, it's, hey, you don't need to be looking at your phone. You need to be spending time in God's Word, spending that, like, quiet and alone time. Because I've been so guilty of just, you know, you get text messages, emails, you hear your phone going off, you know, all during the night. And the first thing you wake up is like, well, let me see what's going on. And then you get on Instagram and Facebook. Um, One of my favorite um, speakers says, you know, run to the throne um, instead of the phone. 
isn't that interesting that while we're sleeping, life was happening. And somehow when we get up, we need to know what we missed. Instead of waking up and realizing who have we missed? I mean, God watched us sleep all night. And I just wonder what God feels like when we wake up. And, and he's so excited that his creation, his beloved creation is awake. And he gets to have this relationship with, with him. Instead we go. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't know if where you stand on professional football or even college football when they have those things called an instant replay. Um, I got to be honest with you, and I'm probably going to rub a few of you wrong. I love it. See, if, if I'm going to pay the toll and go, man, I want the game to slow down. I want to savor it. But I say all that to say this. When you and I experience life in real time, there's so much that we miss, isn't there? But God gave us instant replay in patience. That when we slow down, we see life as it really is. That's what I want to see. And, and by the way, I function better when I'm slow. Listen to the words of Jeremiah. Slow down. This is what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 2, 25. Slow down. Take a deep breath What's the hurry? God speaking, what's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? But you say to me, I can't help it, God. Are you ready for this? I'm addicted to alien gods. You know, Walter Adams writes, to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Well, what's going through your mind thus far as we continue to just dialogue about this? It hurts. <laughs> I mean, God has, I don't know, for about the last year for me, you know, he's, I'm not going to say forced me to slow down, but I needed to slow down. So there's things that have happened in my life that have allowed me to slow down. Otherwise, I wasn't going to slow down. I think this pandemic has revealed something to all of us. If we're willing to be really honest, that I, I don't think that there's a lot of people who renounce their faith. I just think that we're, we're realizing how distracted we've become, that we settled for a mediocre one. We've been just skimming through life rather than really living it the way Jesus wants us to live, the way God purposed us. Would you agree with that? Yes. If you got your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to Luke 10. Luke 10. And we're going to look at a story between two sisters and learn something about who we are. But I'm going to say this before we read this passage. And it's probably the most vital statement, and this one's going to hurt. But do you know why we're in a hurry? Do you know why we're busy? Because God's not enough. Mm -hmm. 
And if we're willing to repent of that, that's the key. That's why, that's why we do what we do. He's not enough. We want to say he is. But he hasn't been. And we're going to learn this in a story. I mean, my Bible says, what? Be still and know that I'm God. Be alone with me and I'll show you things you never even knew. I mean, Jesus, no one was, would have been more busier than Jesus. I mean, walking around healing everybody. Crowds are clamoring on him and we hear over and over. And Jesus went to the mountain to pray. Went to the wilderness at Ramus. He walked everywhere. We never have a moment where he went for a run. I mean, he just, I mean it's storming on the ocean. The disciples are freaking out. And the Bible says, and Jesus was walking on the water. The winds are blowing his hair, his robe. And Jesus is like, oh, nice day. I mean, it's, it's a moment. It's just crazy. People are pulling on him and, and a crowd around and a lady touched him. Jesus goes, who, who touched me? Yeah, so slow in such a pace. He just knew it's just an amazing thing. And I just realize my life, and I'll just admit it, when I'm so in a hurry, it's because he's not enough. And yet he is always enough. Seek first the kingdom. I'll take care of everything. Why do you worry about what you shall eat and what you shall wear? Does not your heavenly father love you more than that? I mean, over and over in Scripture, I'm the Lord your God. I have everything you need. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. I won't abandon you. And when people are saying right now that I feel so alone in, in this virus, you're not alone. You're, you're with the greatest of friends you could ever imagine. Maybe, maybe that's what we need to learn in all this is that before we re-enter and come together, we need to understand what togetherness really is. Because if we get it here, it'll change this here, wouldn't it not? Let's look at this passage. But Luke 10, beginning in the 38th verse. While Jesus and his disciples were traveling... <laughs> I like the word while there just because, you know, it'll be a while. I just always think of that in this moment. It's not really the description, but I think of it. While Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. Now, I've always said this, that that was probably Martha's first mistake because he's never a guest. <laughs> he's God. You don't welcome Jesus as a guest. He's God. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. By contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal, things to do, places to go, 
Got to make a trip to Hy-Vee. We forgot something. <laughs> so Martha came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister, by the way, I just want to stop there. That's not the question you ask God. He always cares. Don't you care? I mean, can you imagine Jesus going, nah. Okay, I mean, everything matters to God. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, I've always said when your mom says your name twice, you're in trouble. Okay, I mean, you know, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. And here's, here's the key. Mary has chosen the better part, the rightful part. It won't be taken away from her. Now, we've had a long introduction setting this up. But all I want to do is just give you three quick principles, and we're going, to, we're going to talk about each one when we get as we go through them. But here's the first one I want you to write down, church. Don't miss this. You will discover, when I'm talking about God's instant replay, when you slow things down, you will discover who you are. But now listen, you will always discover who you are either at God's pace or in man's race. See, every day you choose a stride. You choose a speed. And every time you do, you discover who you are. Life is all about discovery. <laughs> You'll always discover who you are, either at God's pace or in, okay, or in man's race. You get to decide. Again, I want to read that verse, verse 42. Mary discovered what was best, Jesus. Now here's the key. And that would not be taken away from her. Her discovery was at Jesus's pace, not Martha's race. Here's the deal. Everything you have, you're going to lose. Bible says we brought nothing in the world. We're not taking anything out except who we are. You're going to answer for who you are. And that discovery will be determined by the race that you run. That's why Hebrews says what? When you run the race and we hear the word run. Well, the Bible just said run. No, no, no. That's not what it's talking about. It's the descriptive that we're all on a journey. But the Bible says, when you run that race, remove all the distractions that keep you from running that race that God has for you. You want to get rid of those things. So here's what you've got to decide. Am I going to gain the world, lose my soul, or am I going to gain my soul, which means I have to lose the world? You're going to lose the world either way. So who are you? You know, I, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the dog races. Uh, one of the things I like to do, it helps my income. Just kidding. Okay. Anyway, um, but, but dog races were a big thing when I was out in Rapid City in the early years in the 90s. And now that track doesn't exist or anything about that. In fact, it really kind of shut down while I was there. But I had a friend who, who used to work out at the races. And, um, and uh, 
I remember, you know, having the privilege to go out and watch that. And I find it very interesting that, that the dogs are in these kind of chutes, if you will, these, these gates. And when the gates open, uh, the dogs take off and they're chasing a little rabbit that's out in front. And they're just like, oh, oh, and it's just chasing. They go hog wild. But here's what's crazy. The dog wins, right? A certain dog will win, but it never catches the rabbit. And here's my point. Run all you want. Gain the whole world. You'll never catch the rabbit. You'll never catch the rabbit. You just put the dogs back in the, in the chute, and open the gates again, and they chase the rabbit. Never do. They never catch the rabbit. Isn't that wild? Talk about that. I was saying, all too often I wake up and I think, what, what do I need to do today? And just right there, right from the get-go, it's a mess, right? What do I need to do today? And I really ought to be asking, God, what do you want me to do today? And if I can join them there, it's going to be a good day. And I know at the beginning of the day, it's going to be a good day. Here's even, let me go a little farther on that, Tom, and pose another thought. Maybe it's not even asking God, what do you want me to do? Just being with God, you're already doing it. You talked about solitude last week, and I was really endeavoring to have solitude, so I was hurrying to get my solitude, solitude done. And slow down, slow down. I read a story as I was preparing for this message, and it was about a, uh, and I'll make it really brief, but a guy had just bought a brand new, uh, if you will, Jaguar beautiful black Jaguar, and it was, the, it was the high end, it was the loaded one, and he's driving through a neighborhood, trying to be very careful and stuff, and looking for kids jumping out from in, in, you know, in between cars, and all of a sudden he notices something flying through the air, and it's a giant rock, and it hits the side of his car and just trashes it. Of course, he squeals the tire, stops, rips it back, jumps out, and there's a little kid there, and he pins the kid against another parked car, and he says, what are you doing? And the little kid's bawling. He said, I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what else to do. He goes, you just dented my, my car, my brand new car. I've worked so hard. And a uh, little kid cried and he said, I, I just, I couldn't get anybody else to stop. And I was wondering if you'd help me get my brother who fell out of his wheelchair. Change, game changer. He said, he's too heavy. I can't get him back in his wheelchair. And he helps him get back in his wheelchair. And the story goes, it was a long walk as he walked him then back to their house with the wheelchair, made sure they got back. He said it was a long walk back to his Jaguar. And he said, to this day, I've never fixed the dent because I want the reminder of what matters most. Speed of man, we miss all that. We're so quick to protect what we got, you know, than even thinking about what someone else might have lost. Any other thoughts on that? Well, it's like social media. Like if you're trying to get, you know, gain followers or subscribers on YouTube, it's like, okay, you get to a certain amount, say you get 10,000 followers on Instagram, and then it's like, well, okay, now I need 20,000. You know, it's not enough. It's, it's never enough, you know, what, what we do get in life. You know, think about that. Always trying to be in a hurry. Yeah. 
It goes, it's that way with all speeds. I mean, even people who are wealthy, um, you get five million, you want 10, you want 100. And to be honest with you, after a while, it's just a rat race, as they call it. Um, but um, it's irrespective of how far you've come. It's just a matter of you just want to keep going and it doesn't ever stop. And if we ever realize that it will just continue on, we'll realize that it's fruitless to try and gain the world. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. In how we live, okay? Now, whether it's at God's uh, pace or man's race, you divulge to the world what you're committed to in how you walk with God or you run with man. You're divulging to the world what you're committed to. You're not just discovering who you are, but you're telling the world what really matters. You see, life is a stage. Your life is a stage by which you communicate to the world what is most important to you. And you can't mask it. Our lives are what they are, a walking, talking billboard. And it speaks volumes to everyone what really matters most to us. The question is, what do you want to be known for? For Mary, it was loud and clear. Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened. She's divulging what she really wanted to be known for. Rather be at the feet of Jesus than fussing about all the preparations. Rather be in God's stride rather than filled with my own pride. I mean, we can go on and on about this. Talk about that right now when you think about your life and when you look at life. When you think about, wow, what am I telling the world? What's the message? I really hope that when people see me, they see something that they want. And so I'm really broken up about the first one. I, I don't know. You said that God is not enough. I, I don't even know how to process that right now. My heart is like torn up um, that God is not enough. Never really thought about that. And you know, when God is not enough, then I can't love like I need to love. I can't be a friend to you. Who? But anyways... A profound thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, more, more than I thought it would be. A simple statement, but it causes me to really stop and go, well, who is God in my life? Where is God? Am I giving God the time that he expects from me? You know, he just wants me. You know, one of the hard things that I've learned is that sometimes sharing our scars and you know whether they're physical, emotional, or whatever they may be, is the best way for us to slow down and just share what God's done in our lives. And not just that, but it's a reminder for me, you know, having physical scars, it's a reminder. It allows for me to remember, God did this for you. You allowed for him to do this. Maybe not at your pace, but he's continuing that work. And the more you slow down, the more you're able to grasp that concept. 
It's a beautiful picture. And we see that when Jesus, after his resurrection, when Thomas is struggling, remember, remember what Jesus does? He shows him the scars. Yeah. It's such a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture, Amy. Here's the third. How you run, you get to determine now the why you do what you do by either moving slow or on the go. So you discover who you are. You divulge to the world what you're committed to. But you get to determine, you get to decide, if you will, what you do and why you do it, either by moving slow or on the go. Again, verse 40, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. And then if you go a little farther, it says, but only one thing is necessary. Every morning we wake up, don't we? Every morning we wake up. And when we do, we determine the way we're going to live. And that determining factor is why we get up in the first place. Now think about that. God's grace. Right. Not by man's pace. <laughs> okay. You're either going to run or you're going to slow. You know, someone once said, our lives are more controlled by a clock than they are of Christ. But then they added these words, and this is the one that hit me hard. The clock is far more demanding and uncaring as your master. Wow. Mm -hmm. Carl Jung said, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. It is the devil. Hey, listen to this. According to the CDC, nearly 9 million U.S. adults take prescription sleep aids. A Thomas Reuters research brief briefing found a tripling in sleep and aid prescriptions from 1998 to 2006 for just the young adults aged 18 to 24. An estimated 50 to 70 million Americans suffer from sleep deprivation, and only a third of Americans get the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep a night. And may I just add, before Edison, the average person slept 11 hours a night. Wow. I mean, we, we, we even want to hurry up rest. You know what I mean? I mean, if they came up with a drug where you could get plenty of rest in an hour if you took the drug, I think most would take it. It's just crazy, isn't it? Can I encourage you? The first thing that needs to hit the floor when you and I get up in the morning is our knees, not our feet. You, you remember when Reed painted that picture in our marriage series and he said, men, you know, when we proposed, we got down on one knee. The problem is we got back up. We should have stayed on the knee. Imagine if every day we walked to work on our knees. <laughs> Boy, that would, that would help our pace. Slow down quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know some of you are thinking most people drive with their knees, evidently. You know, <laughs> let me wrap this up. Gandhi said, there's more to life than just increasing its speed. Boy, so right. 
So my question is, are you willing to slow, slow enough? Slow enough to just simply ponder and reflect and ask yourself, what is my pace doing to my soul? What is my pace doing to my soul? I, uh, I want to draw a picture that I think will be that moment of, oh. And it takes me back to high school when, when I thought I was in love. And uh, when all of us thought we were in love. And, and probably our favorite thing when we found that love was to go to the, to the high school dances. Whether it be homecoming, winter formal, or prom. And, and uh, couldn't wait to get there with that one that we loved. And, and of course, it was a nightmare to go by yourself. You know, whoever wanted to do that, you know, and uh, you still, you, and you just pray to God that someone will ask me to dance, right? Um, but when you've got that love, are you ready for this? When, you, when you're in love, your favorite dance is the slow dance. Isn't that interesting? And you don't want anybody else to dance with her or him. Because you want to savor it. Right. Savor it. So, oh, I see the, the transformation, the flip. I need to slow down so I can savor my moments with the Lord. And yet every day, God's favorite music is the slow dance. The sunrise. The sunset. And every day when we wake up, you know what God's wanting to do with the one he loves? Slow dance. <laughs> but instead, we get up and hit Van Halen and got a roll. And God's just waiting for us to dance, to just waltz, for us to just fall in his arms and and we just savor it, the moment. You know, if there's a time in life, a need of the hour more than any other time in life, it's now. It's in this wave, this wake, whatever you want to call it, that we're experiencing to get back to being alone with God, that Aramis, <laughs> finding that wilderness. And, but to do that, we're going to have to slow. Can't microwave it. We're going to have to go out into the dance floor of life and just fall in his arms. He is enough. He is enough. Ronald Rollheiser says this, our pathological business, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. You know, and I think he's right. So allow me to review. What pace are you living at? Is it God's pace or are you running out there at the rat race? May I encourage you again, don't chase the rabbit. I mean, you may win at life, but you will lose it all in the end. And that end is forever. My friends, it's not worth it. So what are you discovering about yourself in the way that you're living? Do you like it or do you need to change it? Remember, you can. Today is a new day. Secondly, with that being said, what are you divulging to your world of what matters most to you? Are you known to walk with God 
or known to run with man. Remember, your life is a stage by which you're communicating to everyone around you what you deem most important. Finally, how are you going to live each day, determining the why you get up? Are you going to move slow or be on the go? You know, my favorite quote is always from Socrates, the unexamined life is not worth living. My friends, this is that right time to examine, to reflect, to ask yourself, what is life really going to be all about? How am I going to live each day every way? Will I be hurried or humbled? Will I go slow or be on the go? Now, with all that being said, what's the next step for you? If you want to grow in your faith, learn how to walk according to Jesus, well, let me just share with you, we'd love to help. Just text JOURNEY to 313131 and one of our team of leaders will connect with you. As we say all the time, one of the best ways to stay connected during this time is through a life group. And may I add, one of the best ways to grow, to reflect, it's to be in a life group. Just text LIFE GROUP to 313131 and we will help you find a group that's just right for you. Well, until next week, I love you. God bless. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.